0: Good morning, everybody. It is Monday, the 27th of July, and our market is dead in the water, up 15 today. Futures on Wall Street are up 110, so that's probably the reason for the strength, despite our futures this morning being down 27 on the back of Wall Street, down 182. And some of the markets have been falling a bit. There are a few sell signals around. You'll see that in the strategy piece on a few charts now. German market on Friday was down a couple of percent. Stock 600 index down 1.7%. The Nasdaq had a rare two-day fall on the trot. Chinese market was down 4.4%. Global virus cases are still rising, through 15 million over 4 million in the U.S. and cases rising in 40 out of 50 U.S. states. Although, interestingly, and we are wondering, I'll come to this in the strategy summary, but we are wondering whether a flattening in cases in the U.S. couldn't be a catalyst for a more optimistic equity market. Because, see the chart in the strategy piece, U.S have flattened out a little bit. Otherwise, there's still this technology bubble that's been bubbling along that showed some signs of deflating last week after Microsoft fell 4% on results and Intel was down 16% on its results on Friday. We'll watch that. We've got results this week from Facebook and Apple. And we have Facebook, Amazon, Apple and Microsoft up in front of a Congress antitrust probe on Wednesday, which I'm sure is little more than political grandstanding. But it does suggest that under the Democrats, if they were to get in, if Joe Biden was to get in, the big tech companies might not have such a free run. With monopoly or antitrust, as they call it in the U.S. issues, we'll see. Meanwhile, the Australian economic outlook, which took a big, no, let me call it explosive improvement on Tuesday last week, when Josh Frydenberg pushed out the fiscal cliff with jobkeeper and job seeker payments being extended, and also after Philip Lowe addressed a bunch of children at a charity do with some economic optimism, although he did say it would all have to be paid for, and he was talking to school children who will be paying for it, interestingly enough. Anyway, that optimism took a major blow on Thursday with the fiscal update from the government which talked about the budget deficit ahead of us and gave us a very sober outlook to the economy which does not improve today as Victoria sees 532 cases. There are suggestions the Victorian lockdowns may have to be extended another three and a half weeks. There's also case numbers on the rise in New South Wales and Queensland saying that if they had to they'll close the New South Wales border again and even if they don't apparently they're pulling over every single car across Crossing the border into Queensland at the moment, creating long delays, which is putting people off travelling into Queensland by car anyway. And there is clearly in Australia, at least, risk of permanent damage to affected industries, hotels, restaurants, tourism, leisure, bars, travel, which will extend the unemployment risk and the cost of government. Clearly, the Australian economic outlook isn't that great. There's also at the moment heightened US-China-Australia tensions. I've added Australia now. It seems they are going to join the US in the Old war with China over the South China Sea. And there's this tit-for-tat consulate closure order and Trump saying that the trade pact means less to him now than it ever did. The trade situation with China is obviously going in the bin. And Pompeo last week was trying to isolate the Chinese from the Chinese Communist Party. It does seem that Trump has adopted an anti-China stance as an election ploy. So this could run for a few weeks yet, which is good for the markets. And bond yields are reflecting that. They're at record lows. You'll see the chart in the strategy piece today. And also, interestingly, our government's issuing a 30-year bond this week with a 98 to 105 basis point premium to the 10-year bond yield, which makes it about 1.75%. I can tell you the overseas institutions are going to hit them with billions trying to buy a 30-year bond. And as I said, there are a number of sell recommendations, not sell recommendations, sell signals around on stocks and markets in the strategy piece today. I've got heckin' charts of the S&P 500 and the NASDAQ, both with sell signals. Still generally an uptrend, though. It's very short-term stuff, but whatever, sell signals there are. And there are also sell signals in some of our big stocks like CBA, Telstra, BHP, ahead of the results season coming up. A few other quick things. There's an article in the AFR about afterpay and zip money, seeing competition from I'll probably pronounce this wrong it's Swedish Klarna who are backed by the CBA who've got a five and a half percent stake. Klarna are globally huge in the BNPL space operating 22 countries they've been around 15 years they've got 205,000 retailers and 90 million users which is nine times as many as Afterpay and the CBA is going to make their services available through the CBA app and although everyone will argue that Afterpay is got advantages over Klana and all that stuff. The reality is that buy now pay later is becoming a commodity. There's much more competition. There's no longer open territory for afterpay to grab. It's now getting a very crowded space. Afterpay doesn't seem to mind though. It's up 2.6% today despite that article. Uh, FOMC meeting, US central bank meeting on Wednesday. Rates are on hold till the middle of next year at least according to the bond market. Although Oxford Economics have said that the FOMC will reaffirm its very dovish forward guidance and might be ready to link it explicitly to an inflation or unemployment target, which would be a major change for the FOMC. In other words, they'll provide some interest rate certainty. Unless inflation picks up, rates are on hold. And if they do link the two... Oxford Economics say that rates will be where they are now until 2024. And that extra certainty about rates not rising on some whim of the FOMC, but being linked to some economic target will encourage businesses to spend. At the moment, this idea that we get a surprise every month on monetary policy is really so 1980s and 90s. And it may well be the world needs to change. And that might happen on Wednesday morning our time with the FOMC meeting on Tuesday in the US. US results continue this week. Apple, Alphabet, Amazon, Pfizer, 3M, McDonald's, GM, Ford, Starbucks, Merck, GE, Boeing, UPS, Caterpillar. There are 128 S&P 500 companies that have reported so far 192 report this week. So, busy week for the US. Meanwhile, our results season is a week away from starting. There are a few results this week, Rio being the main one, only a couple next week. But after that, on Monday the 10th onwards, we've got CBA on the 12th, Telstra on the 13th, and then it really ramps up. Another point of interest this week will be the US GDP number on Thursday. Expectations are for a 35% drop in GDP in the second quarter. Although, and you'll see the chart in the strategy piece, the four forecast is for a 9% bounce the next year. So this really will be the worst quarter. So finally, on this strategy summary, market lacking conviction. Volumes are dropping. Interest looks pretty low. It is the summer season in the US, in the, US, in the northern hemisphere. They're all on holiday for August and it tends to slow down a little bit. There are sell signals around on number of markets and stocks, but very short term stuff. We are getting increasingly concerned here that the equity markets have limited fundamentals reason to rally from here. They've been driven by a technology sector which seems to be just slowing down a little bit. Without a medical solution, it's hard to see what's going to drive the market much harder than this. Obviously, a medical solution would change everything. Recovery sectors, travel, energy continue to weaken, suggesting a lack of optimism over virus issues for now, but that can change in a day. We're wondering whether the flattening in US cases could be a catalyst for a new optimism and the next rally. Should uh, an eventual recovery rally begin there will be a lot of money to be made in cyclical recovery stocks but that is going to require something more than vaccine hopes it's going to require probably a vaccine or a global flattening of the curve if not a big drop in the curve and that clearly isn't a day away we are meanwhile here poised to catch the bottom should it start we just keep waking up every morning making decisions whilst we wait we are now considering the odds or the merits of trading individual stocks whilst retaining this otherwise almost all out stance from the market. This is with our SMAs, of course. If you do want more action, I refer you to Henry's take where he is clearly from the emails we are getting kicking a lot of goals in some smaller companies. And also I refer you to Chris's trading ideas. We still have to buy some stocks for our smaller income SMA. But as the market trend fades, we're not feeling at all rushed. We might just wait for some of these results to come out before we buy for the dividends. We take less risk that way. And finally, I've an an ASX 200 chart in the strategy piece showing this sort of sideways action and a bit of a heck sell signal. Having said all that, one area that is flying along, and I read the Jonathan Payne report today, he's very excited about gold and silver. And that is the only sector really performing today with some momentum. It's all to do with central banks printing money. It's all to do with the only way central banks can get rid of all this debt long term is to inject inflation. Anyway, very excited about gold. It's not a sector that we have involved ourselves in, but if we're going to trade individual stocks, maybe we should look at it. Although the mere fact I say that and the fact that we have missed the rally so far suggests the moment we buy gold stocks, sell them all. But uh, there you go. It's the idea that we should be trading individual ideas rather than being optimistic about the market and being fully invested in the market because the market's going up. It may well be we just have to look at what they call in the funds management industry special situations. And reading some of the press, as I do endlessly over the weekend, there are clearly some segments of the market which are winners out of a pandemic. For instance, online education. Another one is individual healthcare stocks. Another one is individual retailers, especially those that have got an online presence. And I put together a little list of those over the weekend. We'll get into more of that as the week develops. Finally, an interesting observation of mine, more my world perhaps than yours, but I noticed the ABC have cleared out a bunch of their business journalists, including Emma Alberici, Simon West, who's one of my producers, Phil Lasker, who stands in for Kohler occasionally, uh, and some others as I leave you. We are up 16, Dow Futures doing a little bit better, up 126. You have a good day, and I will see you back here tomorrow.